All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and as I like to tell you each and every week, I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks, and that's a newsletter that focuses on exactly what its name implies, and I do think that we are nearing a very exciting period of time for the uh, gold mining shares, and I, uh, I think that should become apparent to you over the next uh, couple of hours as we talk about uh, talk to various guests on this show. Uh, also, am in partnership with Chen Lin, uh, who publishes What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? And speaking of Chen Lin today, uh, he will be our main guest in the first hour of today's show. With regard to his newsletter, you do need to put your name on a waiting list uh, to sign up for Chen's letter. Uh, and then the first 10 business days of each new calendar quarter, uh, we do, uh, uh, Chen does accept uh, subscribers to his letter. You can go to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com, to sign up for Chen's letter, uh, as well as my own, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. I also want to thank uh, our sponsors for making this show economically viable. Our sponsors for the first hour of today's show are Caden Resources, Canamex Resources, Go Gold Resources, and Uranium Energy Corp. Um, we think that uh, these companies have done quite well. Actually, uh, the first part of this year, Caden Resources has gained some 42%. Go Gold is up 78%. The other two companies are more or less where they were to start the year, uh, but I think all of them have great uh, potential uh, to do very well into the future. Um, Today, I just want to say that I would like to encourage you to continue to send your questions and comments along. We do read every one of them that come in, uh, and uh, I suppose we should try to find a way to share them with you on the air from time to time. Uh, Perhaps that's something we can do in the near future. But in any event, I do like to hear what you're thinking uh, about our show, either positively or negatively. It's all good uh, to hear from you. Uh, Even if sometimes we don't like what we hear, it's good to hear it anyway, uh, so we know what you're thinking. Uh, Questions for Taylor at gmail.com is the place to go. Questions, the number for Taylor at gmail.com. Well, I've titled today's show, Chen Lin Talks China, Gold, Energy, and Biotech Stocks. Many people believe that the BRICS countries are moving rapidly towards establishing an economic system that excludes the Anglo-American empire. Uh, in other words, competes with the U.S. dollar global trading system. Uh, 
And certainly the massive buildup of gold in China combined with growing trade packs between the BRICS and other nations is part of that plan, it would seem, uh, that uh, you know we've heard about as well uh, from Jim Rickards in the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, but but it's um, Beijing-born uh, Chen Lin, who's going to be with us, uh, sees a possible gold-bearish scenario with all of the gold that China has been hoarding and building up in their coffers over the last number of years. Um, so we'll ask Chen about that. Hopefully we'll get his ideas about that as well as uh, some of his favorite picks, the energy stocks and biotechs he's done exceedingly well. He has backed away from the gold shares, uh, I think his the amount of commitment to the gold mining shares, that sector has not been nearly as high as it's been at times in the past. So we'll want to get his thinking on that. He has, as I mentioned, uh, does sort of think that maybe China is going to be a drag on the gold price. Uh, there are some others that are suggesting that as well, uh, that maybe gold has been used uh, as a collateral to expand the monetary system there. Well, I'm not sure that I buy that, but we'll ask Chen uh, for his views uh, on that as well uh, when he comes on the show a little later at about half past the hour today. And Chen has certainly been what I, I think you can only term a money-making machine. He's done extremely well, uh, very well for himself and his family, and he does come on this show from time to time, and he does share his information in his newsletter, What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? In just a couple of minutes from now, we're going to be going to we're going to be going to break. But when we come back, I'm going to be speaking with Robert Kramer. He's the CEO of Canamex Resources. He's going to give us an update on that company's Bruner Gold project and its prospects as we look forward to some drill results that I hope will be forthcoming fairly soon. The company did put out a little press release earlier today talking about the drilling that they've been doing on their project, which is a high grade gold deposit in uh, in Nevada, and it does seem to show a great deal of promise. The question is, is there enough high-grade gold there to make this a profitable mine? Well, that's what we're waiting to see. I'm telling you that if uh, that is answered in the affirmative, this stock should give people a real big run to the upside. It is currently selling at a mere $0.09 cents today United, uh, in U.S. funds, uh, $0.09 cents a share, so it's got a market cap around 10 or $11 million dollars. Uh, if they're on to something substantial, and there are a couple of pretty substantial companies that are major shareholders in this little baby company, then I think there's a huge amount of upside. So we want to try to get a little sense of the potential exploration uh, prospects here from Robert Kramer when he comes on in just a couple of minutes. In the second hour of today's show, uh, aired exclusively at jtaylormedia.com, I will be talking to Brent Cook, who will be talking about how he seeks out to find fatal flaws in junior exploration stocks. There's something like 1,500 junior mining companies out there, exploration companies mostly, most of them not producers. How do you figure out which ones you should look at? How can you discard some of them and not waste your time on it? Well, we're going to ask Brent for some advice on that and also uh, for a couple of his top uh, gold share picks. Daniel McAdams of the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity will be with me to talk about the latest war crimes sponsored by American NGOs and the propaganda hypocrisy from the United States Department. It seems to be okay for the United States government to sponsor our propaganda, but the Russians shouldn't do it. The Soviet, uh, that is the, uh, the Russian government that sponsors RT television, not something that our government likes very much, but why doesn't that same standard apply to the United States? 
you tell me. David Jensen uh, will be joining me as well. Uh, he's going to uh, talk about some of these issues that we've been talking about, the petrodollar turning into the petrogold uh, currency, possibly this competition I was talking about with uh, some countries going up against the uh, U.S. dollar global system. And um, David uh, has been talking to me something about uh, the platinum group metals as a leader for gold. David believes uh, that the GOFO rate, which is really suggesting some stresses and strains in the gold market, uh, as well as the platinum group metals, may be a presaging uh, a presage for a major run higher in the uh, gold share markets, and certainly whether or not those political and uh, geopolitical issues and uh, market uh, problems under underneath the surface, the fundamentals that David refers to, is neither here nor there as far as Charles Nanner is concerned. And we're going to be talking to David Gerwitz in the second hour of today's show as well. Uh, Nan- David reflects Nanner's work, and Nanner really uses psychoanalysis, which is really oblivious to what the causes of these market moves are. It's good to know what the causes are. But, uh, you know, causes can go on, fundamentals can go on a long time before the markets finally catch on sometimes. So I'm looking forward to talking to David Gerwitz in the second hour of today's show. Charles Nanner was one of the few people that was able to uh, to basically get his clients out of gold at $1,900. So uh, I've done very well. Uh, I've done well with Charles Nanner in the past, and he is an expert trader not just on gold but in many different uh, markets, and he really does look at cycles and uh, does an extremely good job, I believe. So, looking forward to what uh, David Gerwitz has to say. We do have to go to break now, uh, but don't leave because coming up next, uh, I'm going to be talking to the CEO uh, of Canamex Resources. That's Robert Kramer. This is a company that I think has extraordinary prospects. I own the stock myself. It has been a recommendation in my newsletter, uh, and so I'm not unbiased. I am rooting for this company, to be sure, but we are going to uh, Take a break now, and when we come back, we'll talk to Robert Kramer. Don't go away. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Caden Resources is an advanced gold mining exploration company with two exceptional gold projects in Mexico. The company's flagship El Barqueño project represents the most valuable opportunity that an exploration company can have, which is the continuous discovery of high-grade gold from surface in arguably the best mining jurisdiction in Mexico. The company's second project, Morelos Sur, has one of the most talked-about land positions in the heart of Mexico's largest producing gold belt. Canamex Resources has commenced a 10,000-meter drill program on its flagship Bruner Gold Project in Nevada. This follows a successful 2013 field season, which included a 58-meter intercept of 5.2 grams per ton gold. NYSE market-listed Gold Resource Corporation just completed a $2 million strategic investment in Canamex. And NYSE-listed Hecla Mining Company also is a strategic investor. Canamex Resources trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under symbol CSQ and on the OTCQX under symbol CNMXF. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm really pleased to have with me uh, for a second time Robert Kramer. He's the CEO of Canamex Resource Corp. And uh, Robert has been in the mining industry and business in general for over 35 years. His background is more on the accounting side, but he has also been involved with several uh, mining companies, precious metals mining companies in the past, uh, some fairly significant companies. So we're really pleased to have Robert back again. Thanks for joining me again, Robert. It's my pleasure, Jay. Thank you. Really good to have you to uh, to give us an update on Canamex Resources. It is a, a company that I own shares in. I bought them off the market after I learned about your story up in Vancouver last uh, this past January. Uh, your company uh, is trading in Canada under the CSQ as a symbol. And in the United States, you can buy it as I have under the symbol CNMXF. It's trading at only around nine cents today in U.S. money. That is, uh, and 121 million shares outstanding. Have, have I got those numbers right, more or less? Uh, that's exactly correct. Okay, so about 11 million market cap right now in U.S. money. So uh, you know, the focus of your company is really on the Bruner Gold Project in Nevada. Uh, where there's been a historical resource, I think something like 385,000 ounces, grading pretty decent grades for uh, an open pit uh, target. Uh, but can you tell our listeners uh, where this property is located in Nevada, and what have you learned since that historical resource back in 1993 was uh, was announced? Thank you, Jay. Uh, the property is in the Walker Lane District uh, in central Nevada, we are about a, roughly a three-hour drive from uh, the airport at Reno. What's important is that you can drive on a paved highway right up to the edge of a 60-mile-an-hour uh, gravel road that takes you right onto our property. We're in gold country. Uh, the granddaddy in the neighborhood is the Round Mountain Mine, about 45 miles to our southeast, produced over 10 million ounces of gold. Rawhide to our west produced about 1.6 million ounces. So we're up next to uh, somebody's favorite golf course uh, where there'll be trouble down the road trying to move from exploration to development into production. Mm-hmm. We've got, we're in the right neighborhood. Well, that's, uh, it, yeah, neighborhood location is always very important. You can have uh, a high-grade deposit, but if it's in a place where you can't mine it, it doesn't do you much good. You know, I looked at a map uh, that you've provided on your website. There's something like seven surface anomalies. Uh, you you have one main anomaly or that uh, where the resources come from, and you've had a second one as well that you uh, recently discovered. But uh, can you give us an idea of how large this target is where these seven anomalies are located? Uh, good question. We are really focusing in on two areas on the property, as as you have indicated. First is a historical resource area, which is an area where work has been done prior to our involvement on the property, resulting in a non-43101 compliant uh, resource of about 385,000 ounces, as you indicated. 
at the end of the field season last year, my partner, uh, Greg Hahn, who is the geologist and the president and CEO of Canamex, uh, having reviewed all of the prior information, felt that uh, the real target had been missed and designed a series of drill holes to go into what he believed may be the, the uh, source of the gold that has uh, supported the historical resource. That hole B1340 was drilled at the end of uh, the season, the field season last year, and we hit 58 meters of 5.2 grams. So that obviously is a potential game changer uh, for the company and is the focus of the core drilling that we referred to in our press release of earlier today. We've drilled uh, five or six core holes into that area, uh, and we are expecting results there over the course of, let's say, the next month or so, giving us a, a much better understanding of the geological environment uh, and the potential for uh, a an increase in that high-grade uh, intercept that was uh, discovered in hole B1340. Was that in the historical area, or was that outside of the historical resource that's area? in the historical area, and that's what was so exciting about it, because it has been perceived uh, as being a classic uh, kind of bulk tonnage, uh, potentially uh, open pitable heap leach type operation, um, and there really hasn't been any discussion um, by the people that were there before us of high-grade potential, but uh, we've we believe we've nailed it, and they're obviously very excited about it. Same goes for uh, the Pinellas East Discovery Area, which is an area under cover about a mile away from the historical resource area, and that's where we hit our discovery hole in July of 2012, 110 meters of 4.08 grams, and we have since drilled uh, a total uh, of 44 holes uh, into that area, and uh, 38 of them have hit um, mineralization. At the end of the field season last year in the Pinellas East, we did a VLFEM survey, which identified four or five other areas fairly close to the discovery zone that appeared to have the same characteristics. Mm-hmm. So this year, uh, in this field season, we are going to go in and drill test those areas that have been untested to date but have uh, similar geophysical signatures uh, to the area that we have uh, just been working on over the course of the last, uh, the end of 2012 and into 2013. So mm-hmm. we've got two exciting areas to focus on and uh, as a result should have a good steady flow of news as we move through the summer and into the fall. Mm-hmm. This Pinoles East, uh, have your geologists uh, linked it up somehow? Does, the, does it look like the same event? Does it look like the same uh, mineralization uh, as in the main zone? Well, that's, that's a good question. In the middle is actually a mine that produced about 100,000 ounces uh, of gold running about a half ounce. So part of the reason for drilling the core holes in the historical resource area is just to get a, a better sense 
um, of the geological environment um, mm-hmm. so that we can answer that uh, question. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. uh, it's certainly, with those kinds of holes, oxide uh, in Nevada, good location, great infrastructure, that's yeah, obviously got us excited. Sure. Uh, if if there's somehow, I mean, as I look at, again, as I look at this map of the uh, anomalies that you that you've talked about, it looks like a fairly good size area. And if uh, if somehow uh, these uh, these anomalies were linked up with some high grade underground system, if it weren't too deep or too far away, <laughs> it might be uh, it might be very exciting. Of course, might is the uh, is the operative word here always with exploration stocks and with a. A nine cent stock. Uh, if you have, if you're onto something and some great results this summer, uh, and especially if some of our, um, some of the people that we are talking to on this show are right in, uh, in their prediction that the second half of this year should see a turn upward in gold, then obviously uh, nine cent stocks will become those woulda, shoulda, coulda uh, stocks. But uh, nobody knows that until, and nobody really knows what's under the ground until the truth machine turns. And so, you you've got some news. When did you say you expect? to have some news coming out, possibly some, uh, some assays? We would expect uh, results from the, uh, from the core holes, certainly within, say, a month or so. Uh, and then from there on, as we move through the summer and into the fall, we're obviously, we've got a 10,000-meter program uh, on, on the go, and that'll be 50-plus holes. So we'll have a, a real steady flow of news. And as you say, uh, it's the truth machine, and, and that's what's required. If we knew all the answers, we wouldn't need to drill it. Yeah. Do you um, – I, I was wondering, uh, have you done any metallurgical work yet on, on this property, on, these, on this mineralization? Uh, we've done uh, metallurgical work, full column leach uh, testing um, on the uh, ore with a, a head grade that matches the uh, historical resource uh, area, and uh, we had excellent uh, results after 83 days with both the minus three-inch crush and the minus three-quarter-inch crush. We had over 85% recovery with low reagent costs, and the significance mm. of that having those number that number be the same for both the minus three-inch and the minus three-quarter-inch is the potential in production to get away with two stages of crushing rather than three, and crushing is obviously a big power eater, so that can uh, really juice your numbers from an operating standpoint. Yeah. Do you, I, I'm, I'm guessing that your property is on BLM land? It's on a combination, Jay. Uh, we have about 500 acres that are on patented uh, ground uh, mm-hmm. that is privately held, and the balance um, of the property is on BLM ground. So uh, certainly when, it, when we're, we would be looking down the road at this point, but when you look towards the development uh, and hopefully ultimate production stage, uh, having some of the ground uh, being patented could uh, mean a faster track to development. You have some very uh, strong shareholders in your company, if I uh, if my numbers are right, uh, you've got Hecla Mining owning something like eleven point seven percent, and uh, Gold Resource Corp owning another eighteen point four percent. The management has six uh, percent or so. That takes you up to around thirty six percent of the stock. It seems to be fairly 
tightly held. Is that uh, is that approximately right? Those numbers are accurate, and I think uh, what's important about that as a company are at our stage of development has been able to attract two mining companies, uh, Heckler, one of the oldest mining companies uh, in the United States, trading on the New York Stock Exchange, billion-dollar company uh, with uh, active mines in, in Mexico, uh, Idaho, Alaska. They obviously know their way around the block in this business and made a strategic investment in us in Q4 of 2012. Mm-hmm. And Gold Resource uh, Corporation, NYSE Market, uh, has uh, an operating uh, mine in Mexico, dividend-paying uh, company. Uh, we completed a transaction with them at the end of February um, of this year. In both of those instances, we were able to complete those transactions without um, outside help. So I think that hopefully demonstrates to prospective investors that management knows uh, its way around this business. And uh, I think we're, we're obviously delighted to have them on board. And I think we're fortunate, uh, particularly given the backdrop of, of the markets in, in general over the last couple of years, uh, to have mining companies who've spent a considerable period of time doing their due diligence, ultimately making uh, the decision to come on board, uh, we believe uh, speaks a lot about both management and, uh, most importantly, the property. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think it's something that our listeners should be aware of. You know, uh, I don't have any great love for uh, investment bankers. I think they uh, they know how to uh, to skin the cat, so to speak. I'm, I think it's really great uh, that you have been able to raise money without going through those guys at this point and from some serious mining companies, companies that actually get the job done uh, and, and uh, you know, as you say, have spent their time uh, in due diligence. Uh, I think it, it does speak highly of, uh, of your management team. How, how much money do you have in the till now and how far will it take you? We, we completed the transaction uh, with Gold Resource. They invested uh, $2 million uh, in us. Management put in another 160000 And that, by the way, was done at a slight premium to market with no warrants um, and, as I said, no fees. So we've got a 10,000-meter drill program uh, underway that is uh, fully funded. Uh, and uh, I think we're in, certainly in comparison to many of our peers who are struggling in, in this market. Um, I think we're in, in great shape from a financial standpoint. Yeah, well, certainly speaking of, uh, of many of your peers, there are many peers out there. I don't know if, they're, uh, if you can call them all peers because they're, they're – I guess if you look at the market caps of these companies, they're, it seems like they're all kind of just blotched at the bottom with virtually no market caps compared to the big guys that you see trading on the New York Stock Exchange. But there is a big difference in these companies, whether or not the markets are recognizing it or not, and and certainly the kind of grades. I mean, I didn't mention it, uh, but you mentioned a couple of them. But I mean, I think you mentioned 110 meters uh, grading four grams, 4.08. Another 91 meters of 3.1. Another 57.9 meters of 5.23. I mean, a single drill hole doesn't mean much, but when you start to look at a bunch of them, and the kind of information that, that that has been accumulated on this property. This is not uh, this is not to be confused with other nine cent stocks. I would argue, 
uh, and uh, you know a market cap of eleven million dollars. But the question I would put to you uh, before we conclude our discussion today is: What sets you apart? from those other 1,500 companies out there. Why should people – I mean, actually, we're going to be talking to Brent Cook later today about, uh, about this very thing. How does he go about looking to uh, find the fatal flaws in projects? So how, what, what, in your mind, sets your Canamex apart? Why should people pay attention to that? And why should it not get lost in the noise of 1,500 other junior mining companies? Well, that's a great question, particularly given the backdrop of uh, difficult market conditions over the course of the last uh, couple of years. I would start right back where we, what we were talking about here a couple of moments ago, and that is the strategic investors. I think, I think prospective investors have to take comfort from the fact that uh, mining companies have, have put their key people on the due diligence side. We have a senior vice president of exploration. Dr. Dean McDonald sitting on our board representing Hecla Mining. Jason Reed, CEO of, of Gold Resource Corp, sitting um, on our board as well, representing his company. Um, so that's number one. Um, we've got funding in place for a 10,000-meter drill program, and it's one thing to talk about a drill program that you would like to do, but it's another thing to have the funds to be able to actually do it, and that's what we're doing. We think we're in the right spot. Uh, um, Nevada, uh, one of the top mining jurisdictions in the world. We've talked about metallurgy, 85% plus recovery by any standard is excellent. Infrastructure, we've got power 12 miles away. So this is not an operation that ultimately would have to be supported by uh, generating diesel power on site. 12 miles away, we can take power right off the grid. We've already talked to NV Power, and they can uh, put a feeder line uh, from the transmission line right in, onto our property for probably roughly $3 million. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, a major plus. Yeah. So, and then you get down to the drill holes that, that you have just mentioned. And we've got every reason to believe that we're on to something of significance in these two areas on the property, the historical resource as well as the Pinellas East Discovery Area. That's a Just one more. pretty yeah, compelling ahead. package, in my view, given our state of development and our market cap. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, just uh, one question in my mind that just that just came up. Uh, what is the depth of those uh, those higher grades? Because I think what you've got on surface is is an attractive, albeit somewhat small yet, uh, uh, ex, uh, target, uh, open pit target. But these higher grades, how deep are they? We're talking about multiples of hundreds of feet, not greater than that, and very importantly, um, so far, oxide from basically from top to bottom. Well, so even in the higher grades. We've seen um, to date as the potential uh, for processing uh, in our, using an open pit methodology. So that, again, looking down the road has got us very excited. Yeah, I would say, uh, of course, uh, what the average grades will be is is something else that uh, we'll only know in time. But it is a very exciting project, and I would tell our listeners, uh, you know, people aren't very excited about gold mining companies right now, but the smart investors are. The Rick Rules of this world, uh, the Brent Cooks of this world, Doug Casey's, other people that made a lot of money in this sector 
uh, a lot of times are telling people to sell at the very time that their party is just getting going well. But these are the guys that are out there quietly picking up gold shares. And uh, I've been doing some of that myself. I, I do uh, try to keep some cash around so I can buy uh, stories like this when they come up. I have uh, purchased uh, probably as much as I should of Canamex myself because I really do I really do think it's an exciting story. No guarantees uh, whatsoever in this business, that's for sure. But boy, uh, when you hit something big, uh, these uh, these junior mining companies can be extremely rewarding, that's for sure. want to really thank you, uh, Robert, for being with us once again. Uh, anything else you'd like to say in closing before we uh, conclude our discussion for the day? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to uh, your many listeners and certainly agree with the statement that you just made that uh, you know now's the time to really look seriously um, at this sector at a point where it has been beaten up and, and uh, certainly it's fair to say somewhat out of favor. Uh, that's when the big money is made. And uh, there are no guarantees. Uh, the truth machine is on the property, and we'll see how things play out over the course of this coming year. But we certainly are very excited about our prospects and appreciate, again, the opportunity to speak to your listeners. Thank you very much, Robert. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to keeping up with this story as well. Thank you so much. Well, folks, don't go away because coming up next, Chen Lin. I'll be asking him about his views on gold, energy, and the biotech markets, and I also want to get his views on China since he has some inside information there that many of us Americans don't have. Uh, also, his view on the overall uh, equity markets in the United States. Chen Lin is hugely successful as an investor, so I don't think you're going to want to miss what he has to say. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Chen Lin. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Caden Resources is an advanced gold mining exploration company with two exceptional gold projects in Mexico. The company's flagship El Barqueño project represents the most valuable opportunity that an exploration company can have, which is the continuous discovery of high-grade gold from surface in arguably the best mining jurisdiction in Mexico. The company's second project, Morelos Sur, has one of the most talked-about land positions in the heart of Mexico's largest producing gold belt. Canamex Resources has commenced a 10,000-meter drill program on its flagship Bruner Gold Project in Nevada. This follows a successful 2013 field season, which included a 58-meter intercept of 5.2 grams per ton gold. NYSE market-listed Gold Resource Corporation just completed a $2 million strategic investment in Canamex. And NYSE-listed Hecla Mining Company also is a strategic investor. Canamex Resources trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under symbol CSQ and on the OTCQX under symbol CNMXF. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again Chen Lin, my friend and business partner. Uh, Chen has been a, a very successful investor. He uh, came to the United States as a, uh, as a technology, young technology uh, expert, uh, worked for IBM and, uh, and did a lot of things in uh, some things in Silicon Valley and then uh, was a, a doctoral student or a candidate at least at uh, Princeton in aeronautical engineering. But Chen was finding that uh, his talents could be served immediately for his gain and uh, to make money for himself and his family. And so he has focused on uh, studying the stock market. And he is, uh, I, I think, a talent that is really uh, to be recognized and also uh, to profit from. And that's why we're very pleased to have him back with us again. Uh, he has done very well. I, I think uh, to say about Chen is he sees the world in a way that most people don't. He's able to sort of put pieces together around the globe and to, uh, and, and, and to find ways to make money. And usually he's early, earlier than many others. And sometimes it takes longer than we would like to make money with Chen's recommendations. But more often than not, so often anyway, uh, the uh, the prize has been well worth the wait. Really glad to have you with us again, Chen. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Jay. You know, um, I, I would like to ask you because I know you are plugged into what's going on in China. You have family there. Your mother and father are still there. You um, uh, you do keep in touch with what goes on in China, of course, around the world. You uh, you seem to have your uh, your uh, ways of, of, of finding out what's going on everywhere. Uh, but what are your thoughts about China now? We're hearing so much, you know, it was going to be the driver of the global economy. And certainly for the longest time, China has been importing huge amounts of raw materials, commodities, and so forth. Have It's been a driver for the, uh, for the commodities uh, industries, for, for, uh, certainly for, uh, you know, for the miners and for the precious metals as well. Uh, what are your thoughts now on China? Because we're hearing a lot of people uh, voice a lot of concern about overcapacity and uh, you know c- uh, cities, uh, empty cities, and so forth. But what are your thoughts of China? Oh, I, I'm quite cautious about China. Actually, I start. I was uh, quite cautious actually last year too. Uh, actually, last year I was able to design to short Australian dollar, uh, short oil, and short copper. With some, you know, nice profit. You know, Australian dollar was a big home run, but you know, copper was okay. Oil was so-so, but still, you know, if um, that's what just a hedge about the China slowdown. Mm-hmm. So it turned out China did a stimulus uh, later last year in the second half, and uh, looks like China is planning another stimulus right now. So <laughs> you can see the frequency. Uh, 2008, China has a major stimulus. And then last year, 2013, China did the second stimulus, and only one year later, and China is planning the third stimulus. Mm-hmm. And and how do you see this? So because what I what I hear people complaining about is that there's a tremendous amount of debt 
that is building up in the Chinese system. And if you look at the amount of money that's been created through this stimulus, it's grown very dramatically from the year 2000 to uh, till now. I mean, it's grown almost exponentially. Uh, do you worry about some sort of a major cave-in, a, 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 an implosion or a deflationary implosion in China sometime? Uh, oh, that's always something in my mind I was worry about. Uh, mm-hmm. That uh, will have a very negative impact to the worldwide market, including gold uh, market, severely mm-hmm. negative. So that's something always on my watch list. <laughs> I hope mm-hmm. it won't happen. Uh, one thing uh, may most likely happen is more China more follow a Japan's path. You know, so basically uh-huh. you you have a very slow growth for ten twenty years. That's mm-hmm. more more likely than a big catastrophical you know big a big wave of deflation. That's that's mm-hmm. still my point of view. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So, because part of it, because it, you know, China is not a pure capitalist. I mean, capitalist system. Okay, yeah. not a pure capitalist system. So, still, uh, they don't do it by the book. So, you cannot do a complete clean up like uh, two thousand eight. You know, almost a complete clean up. I mean, say, uh, like in the United States. So, um, it's. Well, I think more likely, if if a slowdown will be a slowdown for a decade or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one wonders how China would do, though, with a one uh, or two percent GDP growth a year, given uh, the uh, the expectations of what they've had. Of course, coming off a very a very low base, right? So, uh, it's, uh, all the people have moved in. So many people have moved into the cities, inner cities. If those people don't have jobs, it, it would seem to be pretty dreary. But I guess we ne- nobody can know about this. But um, I, obviously, you're uh, you're cautious, and I think. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. But one of the things that I uh, have admired about you, Chen, is your ability to sort of keep an open mind about these things and keep watching what happens. And uh, you'll change your mind from time to time uh, very wisely. And I think that's why one of the reasons you've been so successful. To what extent, though, do you think um, uh, China impacts the global economy now, though? The United States, for example. How important is China to the United States? I mean, what do we, Australia, I could see, China, uh, Canada perhaps, because they export a lot to the United States. Uh, how important is China to, to the United States economy now, in your, in your view? Well, uh, you might say the export, uh, still export a lot of stuff uh, to China. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know also import a lot of, you know, mostly manufacturing mm-hmm. uh, stuff from China. So more, more like low end. You know, stuff, mm-hmm. and then and then they export China more. Uh, you know, high end stuff to China. So it 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 will be negative, but it, you know, it's a real what happened. What what will I think? What would say is that one want to say is that we have to see. You know, what uh, what kind of because right now the thesis is not complete. I don't know what exactly going to happen. Right when the things. Uh, when they're getting close, usually you're getting close to a couple months or maybe a month or two for some something happen. It kind of I can get some idea. You know, I, I have a good contact. I can see it mm-hmm. and analyze yeah. it, and then to make a decision, see which way it goes. I even I put in my letter if uh, if a huge deflationary wave happen in China, let you describe it. I have to get out of stock. There's yeah. no place to hide. Except U.S. dollar, seriously, it's just even gold is not priced too high. But at least when the first wave happens, <laughs> you want to get away from that. 
But yeah. uh, right now, I don't see it happening immediately. More like a, a slow event, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but the it's Japanese. getting pretty fast. Yeah. You can see the housing bubble is really popping. Uh, last year, maybe there's one or two city housing house price goes down. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, it's like a dozen. Okay, wow. uh, and it's spreading. It's spreading. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, Part of it because the credit is getting very tight in China. It's mm-hmm. very hard to get a loan, uh, very hard to get mortgage. So uh, the housing price is so high, uh, it requires mortgage now to for you know buyer to buy the house. Right? It used to be the people more mostly pay by cash. So right, uh, and the mortgage wouldn't get approved, uh, and then this is a feedback, very negative feedback. So the housing uh, transaction are down. I saw like. Um, in the last big sell event, which is a May holiday, which just passed last week, was down like 80%, down really? 70%. Yeah, it's down big time. So, yeah, well, I see it's, uh, it's happening. The housing market already, you know, turned to the negative. Yes. That's very interesting, Chen, because I remember when we were going through our housing bust here, the argument uh, from yourself and others was, yeah, you don't think it's going to be a problem in China at that time, back in 2008, 2000, maybe earlier than that. We're not going to be a problem because the Chinese buy with cash, but now they're getting in debt. And so it would seem to me that they're becoming much more vulnerable now than, than they were, and the whole system becomes more vulnerable the more debt you take on. But I think you're, I would like to ask you about your, uh, your view on gold. The notion, I guess, is that uh, if the Chinese are maybe using gold as a uh, as a collateral to to borrow, like much as they did copper, is that the thinking on your part? Oh, um, well, that's part of it, but mostly I'm more uh, worried about is um, uh, you know China is a big uh, what do you say uh, a, a big gold uh, market, the largest gold mm-hmm. market already. Uh, right in the world, mm-hmm. okay. So, uh, what if uh, you know China become a, the largest importer to uh, maybe uh, you know uh, China no longer imports gold, mm-hmm. okay, or maybe exporter? Mm-hmm. People need really need cash, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, so that so that's that's the thing I'm I'm really worried about that. So that's yeah. why I say yeah, we don't think you know even gold you can hide in gold. Yeah. So they may, they may need cash to 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 pay the margin clerk or to to meet the debts uh, that they've that they're piling up now to buy things to leverage up on things. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, oh, that's the thing, that thing I'm, I'm worried about. You know, that's uh-huh. happened in uh, in the Asia crisis, right? Yeah. People were that's what ninety seven. Uh, sure. People were selling gold, selling silver, and there are people selling their kidney too to, to survive. So, <laughs> yeah, seriously, I'm not. Yeah, kidding. that's that's. Uh, if you that's, go back that's... to the history, to the Asia crisis, it happened that time. So yeah, yeah. You, you know that that that's uh, when you have you you have to sell. You sell whatever you can sell. Okay, Chen, I would like to get on to some of your uh, your your top picks. You've done. Very well earlier this year um, on uh, on the biotechs. You've done pretty well uh, on energy as well. Uh, I guess uh, on energy it was um, primarily. Where what did you do well on energy earlier in the year? It was more to do with what it was. Yeah, with ethanol. I think we did take a huge home run in ethanol. I mean, I yeah, you know. did extremely well on ethanol. How do you feel about ethanol now? Oh, I already got on mostly. 
most of my arsenal, as I just stated in my letter, I still have a small position in Pacific yeah. Arsenal. I used to have a three, you know, I sold out just a little bit just to watch it. Today it's down another 10%. So mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to, uh, you know, you want to go with the flow. You don't want to to be the last one when the, when the market turns. You don't want to be the last one holding. Right, so yeah, it's a it's a fine, um, it's an interesting sector. I'm still watching. Actually, it's mm-hmm. more to do with uh, maybe deflationary versus inflationary. But that's a separate topic. I don't think we have. Oh, that would be that. an interesting topic. I'd love to get your thoughts on that sometime again, uh, Chen. But we uh, but I want to get on to some of the your your top picks in the uh, energy sector. Uh, oil oil stocks. I know that Mart Resources has long been a favor. Uh, a favorite of yours, Trades MMT on Toronto, MAUXF in the United States where I've purchased it. I saw earlier today a dollar thirty-nine in U.S. money, 357 million shares. It's nearly a half a billion dollar market cap now, Chen. Uh, but it is providing a nice uh, yield, about 14%, something like that now. How yes. do you feel about Mart? Is it still got the, the growth prospects? I know you've been talking about the growth prospects once pipeline capacity and so forth is up. How is it looking to you now? Yeah, the the company uh, has a it's restricted by its current pipeline, okay output. So they cannot uh, ship out as much oil as they could. So what they do right now is uh, basically uh, they 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 are building their new pipeline, which according to the management is supposed to finish by by mid of uh, first half by the end of first half of this year, and then they will start commissioning in the second half. Uh, once that happens, their output can double can triple, and mm-hmm. the company will be in very good shape. Okay, the, mm-hmm. the risk, major risk you know, for that is a Nigeria company. So right, that's, exactly. That's, so, uh, so, yeah, there's a risk with uh, the country risk. Yeah, well, as, as I recall, though, Chen, you started recommending this stock at 10 or 20 cents, something like that, uh, and now it's paying that in annual dividends. So if those, those that were around that purchased this stock uh, at that time, have done exceedingly well, and um, I, yeah, I do notice there's more, you know, more in the press now in Nigeria, more uh, more violence and so forth. So that is certainly a uh, a concern, but no doubt that's one of the reasons you're getting a 14 percent yield right now in the stock. Um, what what about another of your favorite Pan Orient Energy? That is one that has not done much. It hasn't moved much, but I know you've remained very very um, very positive on the stock. Uh, when do you think we might see some movement in, in that company's shares? Yeah, I think next uh, 12 months, maybe 12 to 18 months will be the most exciting uh, period of uh, in the company history. I bought it over two years ago, you know, around $2 on the current price, but I, I got a 75% dividend already, so mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. up. But not, you know, for me, Get this kind of return is not ideal, and I usually I can do much better than that. But mm-hmm. still, I'm I'm holding my position. Part of the reason is uh, uh, the management, right? And the management, the asset, and the management is that uh, there. The Jeff Chisholm is uh, he's a gold bug. <laughs> he's very very <laughs> committed to gold, frankly, and uh, he's um, he's planned. Okay, he's I met him in in Thailand recently. You know, mm-hmm. visit him. Uh, he he think. Uh, Gold will take up 2016. So basically, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's my interpretation. That means he probably would like to liquidate his company by the end of 2015. So he will switch all his assets proceedings into gold. So into gold 2000, 2016. That's a, that means we have to wait another year and a half or so. 
Right, but you know you need to prepare for those companies, right? You need to sell it piece by piece. And right. fortunately, the company is very, very good balance sheet. It um, has twenty. Uh, I mean, has about one dollar, close to one dollar in cash. Okay? In cash, so, it's selling at a dollar eighty nine today. Right, the U.S. dollar, Canadian is about two dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean we're talking about Canadian dollar. Right okay, now, about, about close to a dollar, Canadian dollar in cash. Uh, the Thailand net asset value is about a dollar. So basically, you will get, you know, uh, almost your money worth from just from the current stock price. But they are doing uh, very significant uh, trading in Thailand, uh, very significant, you know, uh, in basically farm out in Indonesia, in Canada. I believe they started. They they in the past last press release they said started the steaming project in. Will be late April, so now early May. I assume already started, so we should know some results uh, in early July. The partner is the largest, second largest uh, company, oil company in France, from France. So, you know, you have very strong partner. If successfully, they will be ideally will be there. You know, will be the mm-hmm. takeover target. So basically, they will. Well, if it's successfully, I think that they will probably sell the project to the French. Mm-hmm. Well, only uh, fifty-six point seven million shares out, if, I've, if my numbers are correct, giving it a market cap of maybe about one hundred and ten million, something like that, in U.S. money, and uh, yeah, certainly about one fifth the market cap of uh, of of Bart, but uh, obviously not making money. At least didn't report profits the last uh, the last reporting season, but uh, good strong assets and a good strong balance sheet. Chen, we only have a couple of minutes left. It goes so fast uh, with you here, but Oceana Gold, you took that trip over to Thailand and then you jumped over to the Philippines to visit this company's uh, gold copper or copper gold porphyry, I guess, and uh, that is really making Oceana a profitable company now, isn't it? Talk to us a little bit about Oceana and why you like that one so much. Yeah, they they are making uh, tremendous progress. This is a, their their recent mine in in Philippines, probably one of the most successful ramp up, you know, of all these uh, company I've seen, you know, for a while. Uh, so uh, they are currently their gold cost is negative uh, if you get copper credit. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the last quarter, they uh, they they earn significant amount. I don't know exactly. Uh, you can go to the press release, see their earning number, see their cash flow number. Yeah. Uh, they're currently trading about uh, two times cash flow and three times in earning. Mm-hmm. So it's a real company. They're making tremendous uh, cash. Okay, if you look at their balance sheet, if I remember correctly, again, I don't have a PR in front of me. Yeah. Uh, they uh, their cash increased by twenty million, where their debt incre- decreased by twenty million. And they have about a hundred something million debt left. So at at this rate, they can retire all the debt, you know, probably this year. But they probably they may keep some. I mean, I think they, if I get it right, they probably want to um, you know go on shopping, you know, to bargain hunting to get some some cheap uh, cheap stuff. Yeah. Know. Well, they've got the cash, and uh, I know you're very you're very particular about uh, gold mining shares, especially in this market. You're not all that bullish on gold in the near term, so you've really honed in and picked up some really good ones. Uh, we're just about out of time, but I just mentioned a couple of the others that I think are are your favorites: Orvana Minerals uh, on the gold sector, but uh, but also 
where you've really done extremely well is in the biotech sector, Neptune Technologies. Just take a minute to explain to our listeners, uh, yeah, take a minute and explain to our listeners the story of Neptune Technologies. Yeah, it's a company, a pioneer, uh, a drug, potential drug candidate to cure DMD. It's a Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It has no cure. Kids basically, boys die in their 20s. Um, they came out with this result. And you can see on the Internet, you can see what the mother said, which is always the truth. <laughs> Not sure better than the broker tell you. Sure. Right? You see that the kids just like normal kids after taking their, their you know, experimental drug. So yeah. um, right now, FDA already gave them a green light to file the... Uh, try to file for review, so I believe we will likely get approved next year. Right now, it's thirty something dollars. Yeah, around thirty-five dollars. I checked earlier today, Chen. Yeah, and it's jumped. It jumped about ten bucks or so on that news on that uh, on that approval recently, right? So on that FDA green light to submit uh, the mm-hmm. application. Okay, so they, you know, they, I think if they got approved, it should be a hundred dollar, and uh, if they got all the other approved, it could be five hundred. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the other kind of so it's uh, wow. It's still worth. Uh, oh, they just raised money. Have over two hundred million in cash. So yeah, uh-huh. so it probably will carry them all the way to to the you know drug uh, release. Well, well, we're unfortunately we're out of time here, Chen. I want to thank you very much. You've had uh, so much to talk to you about. I, we I haven't had you on enough, and I'd love to have you back if you can come back sometime soon to pick up on some of these stories. And and folks, you can subscribe to Chen, but you got to put your name on a uh, on a waiting list. Uh, go to uh, miningstocks.com and put your name on the waiting list. The first ten business days, Chen will uh, accept new. Subscribers up to a, a, a limit, a ceiling uh, in terms of the numbers of subscribers, because it is an exclusive, uh, somewhat exclusive list, and um, he wants to have serious investors uh, following his work. So, thank you, Chen, very much for being with us again. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime in the near future. All right, thank you, Jay. Folks, uh, that's about it for the first hour of today, but there will be more to come at jtaylormedia.com. Go there uh, immediately and uh, click, on the, uh, click on the podcast button, and it will take you immediately to our next guest. We're going to be talking to Brent Cook, uh, who will give us uh, his, uh, how he checks out the, and finds the fatal flaws in junior mining companies. Daniel McAdams will talk to us about what's going on uh, in um, Ukraine. David Jensen will be here to talk about the GOFO rate and why he thinks we're on the verge of a major breakout in the gold price. And David Gerwitz will be here to talk about Charles Nanner's uh, psychoanalysis. And Nanner is really bullish on gold the second half of this year. Well, uh, So go immediately to jtaylormedia.com, click on the podcast button, and you can hear uh, the interviews that are there with those four gentlemen. Until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Canamex Resources has commenced a 10,000-meter drill program on its flagship Bruner Gold Project in Nevada. This follows a successful 2013 field season, which included a 58-meter intercept of 5.2 grams per ton gold. 
NYSE Market Listed Gold Resource Corporation just completed a $2 million strategic investment in Canamex. And NYSE Listed Hecla Mining Company also is a strategic investor. Canamex Resources trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under symbol CSQ and on the OTCQX under symbol CNMXF. Caden Resources is an advanced gold mining exploration company with two exceptional gold projects in Mexico. The company's flagship El Barqueño project represents the most valuable opportunity that an exploration company can have, which is the continuous discovery of high-grade gold from surface in arguably the best mining jurisdiction in Mexico. The company's second project, Morelos Sur, has one of the most talked-about land positions in the heart of Mexico's largest producing gold belt. 